Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Renewables. I'm your host, David Smart, Senior Vice President of Sales at Biostar Renewables. Thank you to all of our listeners and viewers for tuning in. The podcast is continuing to grow, and we're super appreciative of everybody who is hopping into Anchor or Spotify or Apple Music, wherever listen to your podcasts, clicking that follow button. We really, really appreciate it, and and it's been really awesome to see the growth of the podcast. Um, Really pumped about this week's episode uh, with Vern, um, and uh, Vern Uh, is a really interesting company that I've learned about recently who is uh, breaking through some of the barriers in the hydrogen uh, market. And and that's a pun because they're also some of the most recent breakthrough energy fellows, which is a fantastic accomplishment. And and we're going to talk about what that means and why that's important. Uh, But without further ado, I'd like to introduce Ted McElveen, the CEO and co-founder, as well as Bav Roy, the COO and co-founder of Vern H2. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having us, David. Really excited to to be here with you today and to to share about Vern and and the hydrogen storage technology we're building. Yeah, David, thank you for for the time. We're excited to talk about Vern. Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited too. This is very topical right now. Uh, no matter what sort of part of the renewables or fuel sectors you're in, it seems like hydrogen, the buzz around hydrogen just continues to grow. Um, and it's a topic that, frankly, we haven't spent a lot of time covering on the podcast. So um, really appreciate you being here. Let's just set the stage a little bit kind of tell our listeners and viewers about yourselves and how you ultimately, about your background and how you ultimately uh, came together to found Vern. Yeah, definitely. So this is Ted Massing and, and, and my background before, before founding Vern was really focused on decarbonization. It's a topic I've been long passionate about. I was an energy major in college working on battery technology Worked on on renewables, on on grid scale software, actually for optimization of renewables for a while. But went to business school, actually aiming to address some of these difficult to decarbonize sectors, uh, such as transportation, industrial heat, and um, we'll we'll certainly talk about that more later. But that's where hydrogen has a really important role to play. So that's what brought me to to Vern and to founding Vern along with Bav. And, and at Vern, I'm the CEO, so dealing with a lot of the, the external partnerships, as well as with, you know, growing the team, growing, growing kind of our financing and, and, and sales. And uh, yeah, joining Ted is, is me, Bab, here. I'm the uh, COO and, and one of the three co-founders at Vern. Uh, like Ted, uh, I've uh, always focused my career on, on climate change. So I started out uh, as a renewable energy engineer uh, over a decade ago, actually, uh, in the in the early days of, of the launch of solar PV across Australia, uh, so I was designing commercial scale solar systems, uh, and I saw I, I was um, able to see the rapid growth of renewable technologies, specifically uh, solar and wind, um, 
I, I really saw the, the rapid growth, but I also saw where uh, these clean technologies weren't really going to uh, decarbonize the economy. So uh, some of the harder to decarbonize sectors like heavy duty transportation across trucking and aviation. And so that, that drew me to focus on some of the more innovative uh, cutting edge climate technologies, which is why I moved from Australia uh, over to California to, to focus on, on deep decarbonization. That's where Laverne came into the picture. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate you kind of setting the stage there. And it sounds like your backgrounds obviously lend well to what you're doing today. Before we dive too far in, I, I want to take a moment just to acknowledge and sort of feature um, the Breakthrough Energy Fellow Program, which you're, you're sort of in the middle of right now. And um, talk a little bit about the Breakthrough Energy Program and what it means for you and your business and, and why it's important. Yeah, so, so the Breakthrough Energy Fellowship Program has been, been really huge for us. Um, to, to describe a bit more what it is, uh, just I think that some of the context is important there. We need to do a lot to, to reach net zero by, by 2050. That requires a lot of new technologies that aren't on the market yet today. And that's really where the Breakthrough Energy Fellowship Program uh, plays an important role. Oftentimes, really scaling some of these new technologies would take decades. And we're talking about really industrial transformation across a number of indus industries that all has to occur now. And so that's where the Breakthrough Energy Fellows Program comes in and, and helps identify these promising early stage technologies and really accelerating their development. And, and what that looks like for us and for a technology like Vern is, is they come in with, with financial support as well as with coaching and mentoring and really speed up what would otherwise be a, a decades long process uh, to, to really accelerate the development to, to ensure that we do hit our objectives now. And so with, with the support uh, of, of the Breakthrough Energy Fellowship Program, we're able to, to, to build our systems that we need to build, hire the engineers we need to hire, and, and really grow the company um, from, from an early stage concept into, into a technology that's on the market. That's fantastic. And um, you are the first Breakthrough Energy Fellows on the podcast, but we hope not the last. Uh, we'll include some information about Breakthrough Energy Fellowship Program in the show notes. And there's a lot of fascinating companies who have participated and are participating. Um, so stay tuned on the podcast. There will be others. And uh, we're super, super grateful and appreciative uh, to be able to connect with you all um, through Breakthrough Energy. So let's dive into hydrogen. Um, help us kind of set the stage and you know, probably maybe half of our, our listeners and viewers are really, I think, in the energy space and the other half, I think, are a little bit more removed. And, and so just give us the, the 50,000 foot kind of high level overview on hydrogen and hydrogen storage and, and frankly, why it's important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we definitely see a lot of excitement in the hydrogen, in hydrogen industry and, and can kind of explain why, why that is. So the main advantage of hydrogen stems from the fact that it is the lightest element, which means it's really useful when you need to store a, a, a lot of energy and you need to transport it really long distances. So you can imagine uh, uh, sectors like trucking, shipping, aviation, when we start to shift away from, from fossil fuels towards alternatives uh, that are making zero emissions, 
there uh, we need orders of magnitude more more energy than what uh, what we see in the in the light GD passenger space, and so that's where hydrogen can be uh, potentially quite a quite a useful solution there um, as as a clean fuel. So hydrogen can be made in in many different ways, but what's important for the climate change discussion is green hydrogen, which can be produced through a process called electrolysis. Uh, and so here you take you essentially split water into its component parts, hydrogen and oxygen, using renewable electricity. Uh, and so once you split that split the hydrogen out of the water, you can store that in in a fuel tank, say an onboard fuel tank, uh, onboard a truck. And typically these these storage tanks are made of say metal and carbon fiber, uh, depending on the design. Uh, and that that's what really what Burns focused on. We can talk about that a bit later. Uh, but then if you want to get use out of that hydrogen, uh, you can then reconvert that uh, hydrogen into electricity by combining it with oxygen through uh, some onboard equipment called a fuel cell, which is essentially the, re the reverse of that electrolysis process. Uh, and so you're able to get that clean electricity again. Um, and so really the, the advantage here is that you're able to get really lightweight, scalable, clean electricity stored as hydrogen. Excellent. And talk about some of the challenges, because um, I think, you know, overall, we're sort of in the infancy of it, right? And so talk about some of the challenges um, around, you just made it sound very easy, uh, but talk about some of the challenges and sort of why it hasn't been adopted and, and how we can, you know, start to solve some of those challenges and, and accelerate adoption. And and I think that'll be a good segue into your technology and really how it works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so a lot of the challenges actually are based on some of the benefits that, that Bab was mentioning. It is a light element, a small element, which makes it very challenging to, to store and transport. And so there's been a lot of progress recently in terms of hydrogen production methods, whether that's electrolysis or, or other ways to make a, a low CO2 hydrogen, as well as a lot of emphasis on, on new ways to use hydrogen, whether that's in vehicles or, or for industrial heat, for instance. So there's been a lot of focus on these two ends of the value chain, but the middle of the value chain has uh, continued to be a challenge. And, and, and because hydrogen is so light, it takes up so much volume in its, in its natural state that to transport or to store enough hydrogen for it to be usable has been, has been an immense challenge. And that's really the origin story of Vern. That was the problem that we identified in the early days of seeing um, in order to actually use this hydrogen and, and take advantage of all this, all the promising features of hydrogen, we need to be able to store hydrogen in a higher density form and in a really a usable form so that we can, we can use it for all these, these great applications. I guess the one other thing I would mention is that we have seen a lot of progress over the last decades in hydrogen technology uh, as, as another thing that you mentioned. And, and a lot of that has come from cost reductions, cost reductions in hydrogen production from increasing scale, more electrolyzers being built every year, as well as decreased renewable energy costs, really driving down the cost of hydrogen production. That gets a lot of people excited, lower cost hydrogen. But important to note that hydrogen production, the hydrogen cost itself is only about 15% of the end cost of hydrogen at a fueling pump, for instance, today. The other 85% of the cost of that hydrogen comes from the, the processing of the hydrogen, the compression or liquefaction to store it, as well as all the downstream distribution and, and, and refueling site equipment. 
And so that's really what Vern is focused on is, is what comes after production to make sure that we can actually make the hydrogen usable. Very interesting. So talk about how your technology works and how you're poised uh, or poising your business to improve hydrogen storage. Uh, I was kind of researching your company and I saw, I think, cryo compressed high density hydrogen storage. Talk about what that means and and why it's so important. Absolutely. So maybe to, to set the stage, I can first talk about how hydrogen is stored today and sort of compare and contrast it to, to what we're developing at Vern. Uh, so today, uh, you'll see, especially in California, there are some uh, fuel cell hydrogen vehicles. Uh, they store hydrogen at either 350 or 700 bar pressure. So that means it's a compressed gas that is at a pressure that is uh, roughly 350 or 700 times the, the pressure that we face at, uh, just at ground level stage as humans. Um, and so that requires you know, some energy to compress it, and it offers uh, moderate density uh, and it's pretty flexible. Uh, however, it doesn't store enough hydrogen when we start to talk about the, the needs of, of large vehicles like trucks and then other, other things like ships and planes. Uh, and so there, the industry is looking uh, towards higher density solutions. And so the other alternative to storing hydrogen today is, is as a liquid uh, at uh, negative, um, negative 253 degrees Celsius. Ted, uh, do you know about it Fahrenheit? <laughs> negative almost 450 Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Uh, and so uh, that obviously is a very energy intensive process to cool it down to such, such cold temperatures. Uh, and it does offer high density. However, uh, it creates a lot of challenges as well. Any sort of heat that goes into that system will cause that uh, really cold hydrogen to vaporize, which means you've got a pressurized gas in a system that is not designed to hold pressure. Obviously, it has some, some, some issues there. Uh, and then in addition, as I mentioned earlier, it takes a lot of energy to, to cool it all the way down to that state. And so liquid has its own challenges. And so what we're developing is a new third way to store hydrogen called cryocompressed hydrogen, which is technically it's not a gas, it's not a liquid, it's the best of both worlds, it's a supercritical fluid, uh, but we like to think of it as, as a cold gas. So what it is is storing hydrogen at moderately cold temperatures and at moderate pressures. So we're, we're only going to 350 bar pressure, so only uh, lower than, than what uh, a lot of the vehicles today have in terms of pressure. Uh, and only moderate moderate uh, temperatures. But the advantage is that we get to high densities of hydrogen, uh, equivalent to that of liquid, if not slightly higher, uh, without having to go all the way to that cold state. And so it means that A, it, it's a much cheaper uh, fuel compared to liquid, and then B, uh, we have a lot more operational flexibility. Uh, so compared to liquid, we, we have a lot of uh, advantages in terms of flexibility uh, and cost. And also compared to compressed gas, we double the onboard storage density, which means that uh, fuel cell vehicles can go twice as far with the same number of storage tanks. Or if they want to save on, on cost, they can halve the number of storage tanks uh, and go the same distance. So saving on, on cost, on weight, on space. That's fascinating. So for because um, you know you talk about EVs and and sort of this transition away from fossil fuels and it's all about range, right? Um, so like what would uh, I want to get into the applications 
for the technology. Obviously, trucks and cars come to mind, but talk a little bit about some of the other applications. And if you can put some metrics around um, what what is that range when you say 2x range, like what does that mean for a, a, a semi truck or, or something like that? Um, so help us understand the applications for this. And I guess, you know, the implications of being able to double that range. Yeah, definitely. And so, so you mentioned it right off the bat there. Trucks really is our first market that we're going after. And uh, just to, to put the numbers on it, uh, a battery electric truck today could go 150 to 200 miles or so. Now, a hydrogen truck today already increases that a lot. Hydrogen truck today, today could go 400, maybe 500 miles um, without our technology using compressed gas, which Bab was mentioning is 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 dense, but still relatively low density. So by, by more than doubling that, we're able to allow trucks to go a thousand miles. And we're wow. talking these big semi trucks, class eight trucks go a thousand miles per fill. And that's important because that's how far they can go today. They can go a thousand miles with diesel. And so we're really giving them that diesel equivalent range, diesel equivalent performance, but with zero emissions. So that's a thousand miles range um, relative to, to around four or 500 that they could get with hydrogen today. Um, and, and that, you know, 200 or so that they get uh, on battery electric. Uh, other important applications that are really in the near term for, for hydrogen are, are mining haulage trucks. That's another market that we're actively going after as well. You know, that um, we'll need a lot of, of new uh, metals to, to do this, this pretty um, sizable transition for, to, to renewable power and just to, to zero emissions across the economy. And that will require require mining and, and these big mining haulage trucks that carry 200 to 400 tons of payload to power those trucks. These trucks operate 24 hours a day. So in the mining context, they think less about range and more about hours of operation. Hmm. And those trucks need to be able to refuel quickly, which they can with hydrogen, and then uh, refuel infrequently. And so to fuel once per, per shift or once per day. And so we're giving it that, that ability to really, again, match that diesel performance they have today, um, during which they fuel about once a day, um, and, then, and then run with two operators pretty much 24-7. That's incredible. And you, you started to answer my next question, which is fueling time. Is it similar, similar to fueling up a, a truck with diesel? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that, that is really one of the advantages. You get that long range, but the fueling time for, for a truck, for a Class 8 semi-truck, you know, that's... That, uh, about 15, 10 to 20 minutes, same as diesel. Wow, that's fantastic. That is so cool. And just the idea of getting in a truck and going a thousand miles without having to stop. I've, I think I would probably have to take one or two bathroom breaks there, but uh, that that is really impressive and, and really cool. So how far into this are you? Because I, I know, you know, the goal of the Breakthrough Energy Fellow Program is to help as you mentioned earlier, you know, advance engineering, grow your business. How far into this are you? Talk about when you'll be on the road, if you will, um, you know, with, with real customers, if you're not already. Yeah, well, you're actually answered this there. So, so we're actually working with, with some commercial partners to, to get on the road this year. Uh, so we're doing some, some private demonstration projects to give uh, various parties extensive experience uh, with, with our systems, getting a lot of miles for events, uh, really battle testing our systems to make sure that they're, they're really suitable for, for at scale uh, at scale deployment. 
Uh, so we'll be continuing to work with various uh, commercial partners uh, over the next few years, uh, and, and then we'll, we'll work with them to get on the road uh, across across North America and then and elsewhere. Awesome. Well, congratulations. That is really exciting, and I look forward to kind of hearing how things progress and um, and to hearing about you know, some of these pilots, can you, if you can name, I don't know if anything is, is confidential at this point, but if you can, um, who are some of the key partners, you know, besides of course the breakthrough energy fellow program that you've been able to, to partner with and, and leverage thus far? Yeah. So it's going to take really a, a, a lot of actively engaged, uh, partners and participants to, to get this off the ground. And, so really across the value chain, we've been working with a number of different companies, whether that's on the, on the vehicle side or, or, or on the refueling side to really make, make the progress we've made so far. Unfortunately, a lot of that is quite confidential um, at this stage. But what, what we have announced and can share is that some of our other financial support beyond the, the Breakthrough Energy Group has come from Amazon's Climate Pledge Fund, as well as Caterpillar. Um, and so right. really, really appreciate the... Uh, the, the buy-in from those two entities in, in terms of, of, of what we're doing, what we're building in the, in the hydrogen ecosystem. I probably couldn't have dreamt up two, two better uh, partnerships or supporters for, for this type of company. So that's fantastic. And congratulations on that. Um, so as we kind of wrap up here, it sounds like on the road pilots, if you will, uh, this year, but talk about the next five years and 10 years as you look into the future, you know, what excites you the most and, and um, what, what do you dream about? We won't go to the nightmares, but what do you, what do you dream about at night uh, for the next five and 10 years and, and beyond? Yeah. So, you know, five years from now, I think the exciting thing for, for us at Vern is we'll have scaled up our manufacturing and really be producing a lot of units that have our hydrogen storage tanks on board. And so that will be serving these large, uh, large fleets that have, have these, these large semi trucks and we'll be, be rolling those out. So it'll, it'll go from, from right now where we're doing these pilot programs to really being something that is out in, in the market with, with, with truck fleets. Now go out another five years, 10 years from now. The thing that excites me is I think we'll be in, in a, in a different world where when you're on the road driving, you're surrounded by zero emission vehicles. And I think that will, will really have an impact that people can feel. You know, it's going to be lower emissions, of course, CO2 emissions, but also lower smog and other particulate emissions. It's just going to be a cleaner world um, with less noise pollution, less pollution from the vehicles, certainly less climate change um, contributing CO2 emissions. And that's what gets me really excited thinking about 10 years from now, where, where you can be driving down the freeway, um, going wherever you're going and be surrounded by, by, by zero emission vehicles. I'm just excited to not have to stop at the gas station. That sounds, or at least <laughs> as, as often. So, and there was one other thing I wanted to ask, is there, um, is there an aviation play here? Do you, do you see a day where this will be important, uh, you know, for, for airplanes as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when we uh, think about our, our applications beyond just those first two beachhead markets I mentioned, um, maritime and aviation are really important sectors to address uh, with hydrogen as they also have these really high power requirements that Bab was mentioning earlier. So um, electrifying those with, with just battery electric will be, will be quite challenging. So when we think about maritime and aviation, 
they're, they're definitely on, on our radar and on our roadmap. That's great. That's fascinating. Well, really, really appreciate both of you taking some time. I, I know you're, you're both busy guys and, and really appreciate you coming on the podcast. This has been really great to learn more about your company and, and a pleasure to get to know both of you. Um, as we wrap up here, tell our listeners and viewers uh, where they can find you online. We'll include what we can in the show notes, but uh, for those who want to learn more and want to follow along, how can they find you online? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having us today. I really appreciated the opportunity to, to share what we're building at Vern um, and, and our vision for uh, heavy duty transportation powered by hydrogen in, in the future. Um, you can find us at our website, you know, just search vernh2.com, www.vernh2.com, probably the best, best landing point, and you can get to our, our LinkedIn and everything from there. Yeah, just reiterating what, what Teddy said. Uh, thank you, David, for your time, and thank you all, all the listeners for listening to, to what we have to say about Vern and the potential for hydrogen to, to really decarbonize heavy-duty transport. Excellent. Well, I... I um... Really appreciate you coming on, and I hope you'll come back as you kind of continue to to get to scale here. We'll be super interested to catch up. And um, like I said, thank you so much. This has been fascinating to learn about your technology. To our listeners and viewers, thank you. We really appreciate your support. We couldn't do it without you. And this has been another episode of Renewables. Make sure to hop into Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give our um, podcast a follow so you don't miss an episode. We've got a lot of exciting episodes coming up. And um, Ted and Bav, have a great one. And, and we'll be in touch soon. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, and thank you for listening to Renewables, a podcast by Biostar, which aims to explore the current and future energy landscape in America.